I'm going to do a an ad read. These are my favorite parts of the Taron show. It's nice to have a front row seat for a change. I skip them for most, but not for Taron. Um, right. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taron show. Today's episode is brought to you by Harry's. <laughs> See, that's what I do. And then I stop and then I go, okay, now what am I saying? It's <laughs> like a this master class on podcasting for free. I can't believe you're not charging us. <laughs> Harry's is a subscription shaving service that'll send you blades in the mail. Blades, but they also shave you. Um, I think that's how it works. Uh, it's a company that was started by two ordinary guys who are fed up with buying overpriced razors. So they wanted to fix that by starting Harry's. They bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade making experience to ensure the highest quality. And all products are backed by 100% quality guarantee. Just let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> See, you should let me help you <laughs> with your ads. My my guests are taking over my ads. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like uh, I learned so much about these German brothers or whatever. <laughs> they're not German. They just bought a G- German factory. Okay, well, that's is, a is weird thing what, to do if you're not German. <laughs> is this what all of this is building to? Just you interviewing the Harris guys? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it's a long con. They paid you to start this podcast and then not run ads until like 15 weeks in. Well, look, the uh, the Harry's Blades, they're great. I love shaving with them. It, you can see my face right now. It's its wonderfully sculpted uh, with with blades. And <laughs> I actually I actually got a lot of people that were like, uh, hey, uh, I, I sent this uh, Harry's gift to somebody and they loved it. So uh, if you didn't do that, shame on you. But you can still take advantage of a great opportunity uh, where they are so confident that you're going to love their blades. They're going to give you a trial set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash Taryn. All you have to do is pay for shipping. So in that trial set, you're going to get a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, H and <laughs> And a travel blade cover. This is sensual. <laughs> a lot of edges. It is. It's great when you feel the the smooth glide of the, the 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 blades across your skin. It is. It's a sensual feeling. I can't so, wait for them to drop you as a sponsor. <laughs> make sure you get your free trial set. Go to Harrys.com/slash/Taren right now. That's Harrys.com/slash/Taren. Um, you probably heard the various rude interruptions uh, <laughs> by my guest today. I, it's a special episode today. It's a holiday special. Uh, I decided to go for something a little bit different. Um, I've got I've got two friends of mine on the podcast, and we're just gonna talk about holidays and stuff. So get ready for it. Of his social life. It's the Taryn Show. The Taryn Show. Don't ask if he's single, you already know. Cause it's the Taryn Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Taryn Show. Hello, everyone, again, and welcome to the Taryn Show. <laughs> uh, I, I've got two guests with me today. You've heard them. Maybe you recognize their voices. They're two people that, if you are a loyal listener to this podcast, you will have heard before because they both had their own episodes. I've got Lita with me here. How you doing, Lita? 
I'm good. I'm sorry I ruined your ad, but in my defense, uh, it's impossible for me to stand idly by while you support people removing their beards. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, just because you're shaving doesn't mean it's it's removing your beard. It may it might just be like uh like sculpting it, like uh like getting it right, like cleaning it up, getting it to the right length, a- a- any number of things. Sounds like beard minimization to me. And I'm right. opposed. Well, Dom is always a proponent of beard min- minimization. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Dom with me from the Tom and Colin podcast. How are you doing, Dom? I- I'm doing great, Taron. I'm full of festive cheer, as always. Uh, my my one regret for my first appearance on the Taron show was not getting a Harry's ad at the start of my episode. So I'm glad I finally got a front row seat for that. And if you work for Harry's and you're listening to this, slide into my DMs. We can make something happen. <laughs> Uh, so if this is a, this is a holiday special. We're we're uh, we're going to talk about some some holidays. This is uh, the day after Christmas today, the December twenty sixth, and uh, I just uh, I figured we'd start with uh, what what was your experience with uh, with with Christmas, Lita? What what did you do? Oh well, you said this was going to be about holidays, and it's Boxing Day, so I only have Boxing Day material prepared. I thought that was what oh, we were I, talking I, about. I wasn't aware of of the Boxing Day. Did you go boxing today? (laughs) Isn't this a British thing, Dom? I don't know. I had all my Hanukkah material prepared, and that's going to be useless now, too. So I I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) I think that Boxing Day is a thing from, like, old England when, like, they it was the day that they would give gifts to their servants after Christmas. Right, Dom? Okay, well... My servants didn't get anything this year, so maybe I'm just deficient, but I, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the story is there. Okay, well, um, anyway. Yeah, Dom is not generous to his servants at all. I, I can confirm this. Yeah, you can spread that. Um, that's tea. Anyway, um, I had a nice Christmas. Um, I am one of the many, many, many people in America who is Jewish but has one um, non-Jewish parent, um, so... My mom grew up doing Christmas, so we do Christmas here. Um, we don't get a tree or or do wreaths or anything. It seems a little too goyish. But um, yeah, we just uh, we have a big traditional feast of vegan chili, as is, I believe, what Jesus instructed. Um, and we just go to our, our best friend's family's house um, and celebrate in the fact that because I have parents that are two different religions and they're divorced, triple gifts everyone so try not to be too jealous <laughs> and dom what, what, what did you do yeah well i'm doing this at 4 p.m on boxing day so you can tell how my holidays are going <laughs> uh we we had a fairly low-key christmas i mean my my family celebrates it less than most jewish people do so especially the gift giving is very transactional it's okay you want this i'll get this for you great i want this you'll get that for me done we don't have to worry about this for another year and that, that's the way i like it so uh, yeah, pretty low key, but uh, I can't complain about that. Yes, yeah, so something that that interests me about the the holiday season is that it's it's very uh, it's centered around family, right? Like you guys, you both said we as though like that is just immediately. Of course, it's we. Like I did something with my family. Um, do, do you guys like? How do you guys feel about that? Like, do you do you buy into the whole like? Uh, you know, holidays, it's a time for the family to come together. Um, is that something that you, you appreciate about the holiday? Um, I mean, I guess, yes, but I always try to make sure that, uh, when I talk about family, um, found family is included in that. So like for me, I have a really small family and also, um, none of my extended family lives 
anywhere near me. So I didn't grow up um, like seeing grandparents or aunts or cousins or anything on uh, very many holidays. So like, like I said, like we went to my best friend's family for, um, for Christmas, like that's our tradition. They come over for Thanksgiving. And to me, like that's all in the, in the realm of family. So I think whatever you can make family to be, if that's, you know, just you and your cat, or if there's like really no one in, in your life that is healthy for you to spend the holidays with, like, you know, I definitely think like that's a good point that you made because like I don't want to stigmatize people who like don't have good relationships with their families, but hopefully you could go in and find someone that means family to you if your biological family doesn't suit you. I would definitely echo that. So my natural family, if you want to call it that, both my parents are, are quite old. So every further generation of my family is that much older as well. Uh, so there aren't many of them left and the ones that are, are kind of scattered around the country. So it's hard to get everyone together in one place. Um, a lot of the people in my family who are my age, are I mean, some of them are working over Christmas. Some of them are uh, at university. So they're just for even more scattered than you'd expect them to be. So they're not with uh, the people that they know. So it's hard to get everyone together. And if you're not in the situation for whatever reason where you, you can't have like the perfect idyllic Christmas where your whole family's having this this meal around the tree, that's fine. And there, I think it's, you know, it's tough if you're in that situation to see all these people on, especially on social media with all of their uh, like Merry Christmas posts, which you can feel happy for them. But at the same time, I can imagine it's, it's tough if you don't have that yourself and you're, you're sitting there at what should be this happy occasion, uh, wondering why you don't as if it's like reflects on you in some way. Yeah. And holidays are so like that now, like, all of them I feel like we call like we used to call things like Valentine's Day like Hallmark holidays but now I feel like they're social media holidays where like um what has been leveraged by like the Hallmark company to make money is now like leveraged by social media platforms that like if it's Father's Day like you have to do a picture collage of your dad on Instagram otherwise like you are not a good child or whatever even if your dad whose dad has Instagram like no one actually sees that it's purely performative like unless you take a screenshot and send it to your dad and be like look how many likes I got like it's (laughs) it's just not it's not actually out of like you know it feels good and you feel like um, there is a good intention behind it. Like you want to show off how awesome your parents are or whatever um, on social media and like give them that credit. But I think with Christmas and um, a lot of those things, like people are just looking and I'm totally guilty of this too, but people are just sort of looking for like the perfect snapshot of their day, um, which is not like a diatribe against like, so like we're not living life. We're just living through a camera or whatever. Like, I don't care about that. I just mean, like, I think that contributes to, like, um, a lack of inclusivity sometimes around the family issue. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, um, I, I think I, I sort of just realized that, like, Lita, you were talking about your parents being divorced. I think, um, I guess, probably all three of us have, I think all three of us have divorced parents, right? Uh, my, mine were never married, but it's in that same okay. kind of uber. Yeah, right. Mine weren't either, actually. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, but yeah, I always thought of them as divorced, even though they were never actually married. Um, but yeah, like I when I was growing up, um, I, I actually like I, I had a, a, a an interesting scenario uh, where my sister's dad was married to my mom and then they got divorced. So like they were the, my divorced parents. Um, and I, you know, we had the, the weird Christmas thing where it was like, you know, Christmas at my mom's house. And then we'd go to my stepdad's house, um, or, or, you know, whatever. And there were two Christmases and stuff like that. Um, and then later on in, 
my life uh when i was still pretty young though uh i ended up meeting my my real dad so then there were three different uh like christmas things <laughs> sort of like uh like christmas with my dad uh which was just kind of like a one-on-one thing uh christmas with my stepdad which was like him and his whole family and my sister and all of them and then christmas with my with my mom which was like that whole side of my family and my grandma and my sister and my brother and uh i got i i never really liked any of them too much i just liked the presence uh and that was the thing that like as a kid i was like oh yeah you know what this is kind of a weird situation that i'm not super fond of but at least i get lots of different kinds of presents um and that Wait, was always you didn't like any of them like any of the people or any of the christmases any of the different any of the christmases really like um you know like christmas is it's i still have this sort of nostalgic uh like idealized version of you know going down the stairs to a Christmas tree and there's lots of presents on the floor and like getting to open them and like, Oh, lots of stuff. But like, it really is. It's like the stuff. Like I don't have the memories of like, uh, you know, uh, like family coming t- together. It, it just never was something that I felt. I never felt like I belonged there. So I never really got that sense of like, uh, like Christmas family spirit, but I did love the presents. That was my, that was what I liked. <laughs> But that's weird because you don't like your birthday. Do I not? I, I mean, so, my birthday is I like uh, my birthday is better than Christmas, I think, in terms of my own liking things. Uh, but like I never got as much presents on my birthday. Like um, I'd get like one or two presents from from my mom and like like maybe one pre- like Christmas. It was like at least my mem- my idealized memory from my childhood is that like Christmas was presents all over the floor and i know now that like that is not actually what happened like like my childhood brain imagined that chris that presents were all over the floor but in actuality like there there were much less of them (laughs) than i remember um but like this idea that it's just like i there's so much stuff that that i get to to have um and as a kid like having things and playing with things was like, uh, like my life. Like that was my escape. So, um, it was like fuel for that. I think. Yeah. My... Um, not to comment. <laughs> Sorry. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you, like your birthday is so close to before Christmas. Um, when you were growing up, did it like blend together or did, are they like totally separate, but just like a week apart? I, I was just about to get into that. So there were lots of, uh, <laughs> relatives so-called friends who would get very cheeky and decide to send me one one present one card as if they were the same event which is fine i, I get it that's, that, that's completely fine but yeah it, it is weird when they're so close together and one of them is entirely about you and a celebration of your life in theory at least uh, and then the other is this like amazing collective occasion where everyone comes together and if you you have one and it goes as you expect and then the other one doesn't that's like especially jarring um but yeah i think as Lita said he, it's a time when if you can't have the idealized Christmas, that doesn't reflect poorly on you and you should just spend it with the people that you like, you enjoy, and you, you can have this healthy experience around. And if that means spending the holiday season podcasting all day, that that's fine too. There's, there's no harm in that. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, that was, that was oddly specific, Tom. Um... I, I just, I, again, I'm <laughs> making this about myself, Taryn. Okay. Not everything's about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're all, we're all here on, uh, December 26th. Um, but yeah, like, I'm curious to know uh, from you guys, like how how much because there's there's a lot of of stigma around 
the holidays. There's a lot of like politicized stuff, you know, it was like, uh, can you say holidays or can you say Merry Christmas and stuff like that? But there's also like um, the the commercialization uh, that sort of like what what you were talking about earlier, Lita, with like uh, Valentine's Day being a Hallmark uh, holiday. Christmas is very much uh, like a commercial, like uh, commercialized holiday. Um, it's all about, you know, like capitalism, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, shopping and, and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like, you know, that that has evolved to... A, there's like a social media aspect of that as well. But in terms of the, uh, the materialistic nature of it, uh, like, where do you guys fall on that? Because again, for me, like that was, the, that was the, <laughs> the only thing that I even liked as a kid. Um, but now it's like, uh, I mean, I don't even like, I don't even like buying presents to be honest. You don't like buying them. I don't like buying them. I honestly, I don't even like getting them that much. Cause I I can get myself things, you know, but that's why the best gifts are ones that like are thoughtful and like meaningful from that person. You know what I mean? Like there are certain things that you can't necessarily buy yourself or you would never think to buy yourself. Like that's the fun part, Um, which is why like when Dom was talking about like the transactional, like, what do you want? I'll get it for you. Like that's definitely something that like my dad is like give me your Hanukkah list. Like, what do you want? And I'm like, if I just give you a list, then I could just total up the amount of money that it would cost and ask for that much money. Like, and then I would do it and get exactly what I wanted. But that's, I that's proposed not... that as a child. Yeah, like if, <laughs> yeah Of course if, you did. Yeah. Like if, if some aunt that I speak to once every two years gets me another Amazon gift card, that's fine. I'm not going to complain, but <laughs> equally it doesn't feel personalized or unique the way that i think christmas gifts are meant to in this ideal story of how christmas works and i think there is this way in which the commercialization of it is meant to disguise or paper over any like cracks in your relationships with your family whereas like well as long as we go through the ritual of getting each other gifts and we pretend that there's some like real thought put into it then we can uh ignore the fact that we have fundamentally different you know, life experiences or beliefs or whatever and come together and often that's very superficial so if it works then great but if it doesn't then that shouldn't be a a surprise most of the time i guess yeah i I, I feel like there's also sort of um like an expectation right like like gifts they're meant to be surprises they're meant to be things that either you wouldn't have thought of yourself or that are like deeply meaningful and uh i feel like that's that's hard to really live up to i think it's it's hard to you know get that perfect christmas gift right like uh you can get somebody a gift uh, you know throughout the entire year and it can be all sorts of like cool little whatevers uh but like the christmas gift it's supposed to be something special um and i feel like uh i like i for for myself i've said this before i mean apart from harry's razors there's basically nothing that you could get me that would feel special <laughs> because <laughs> uh because i I, like what 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 do you get i i already know all the things that i want and i usually just get them myself but it would be something that's like a sentimental gift right like something that means something about your relationship with that person potentially um which i mean i think those i'm a big proponent of cutting down your christmas list like as few not to sound like scrooge but like as few people that you need to get presents for that's what you should do because then you can get really really nice involved presents for those people and for everybody else if you're like required to get them something like bake them something nice like do something that's not just money but like you know that you can sort of mass produce a little bit more um but i think like 
like the best gift that I got this year was um, my best friend, Sam, who you both know, um, patron of RHAP. Um, he and I exchange gifts every year. And he knows that I lent my copy of my favorite book to someone um, a couple or last year. It was and it was like my annotated copy. It had all my notes in it. So he bought that book and annotated it for me and gave it to me. And so like, that's a thing that like, I could never buy, I could never like think of someone doing that. But it's like, now I have like, another personal version of that book. Yeah, I think if you if you know someone well enough that you can get them the perfect gift, I think that's already a good sign for your relationship and it doesn't need to be tied to a gift like that. That shouldn't be a deal breaker in any way. And then also you don't need to get it for them at Christmas, get it for them at any other time during the year when they're not expecting gifts and it's going to be even more of a nice surprise for them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually, which is just like it's it's the pressure to come up with something that is meaningful that I think almost robs it of some of its meaning where it's like uh, like I've I've gotten sentimental gifts in the past and I don't remember any of the ones that I got on Christmas. I do remember the ones that I wasn't expecting that just came out of nowhere that really felt like this isn't because Christmas is coming up and you were like, okay, what can I do for this person? Because there's this date coming up. Uh, and and instead they were like, oh, like you just, you just like thought of me and wanted to do something for me or give me something like out of the blue. Um, and that's, that's always felt more meaningful to me. But maybe people are saving the ideas for Christmas for some people. It's true. It's possible. But it's it's almost like uh, like like thinking about it. It's kind of like I just thought of something personal for you. Let's wait until everyone's doing personal things so that it's not as special. But at the same time, I also see that like there is something because I don't want to I don't want to just be like uh, like railing on Christmas either. I'm just kind of like throwing out ideas uh like thoughts and stuff like because i think there's also something nice about the the idea that as a as a culture so many people are coming together and and doing this sort of thing and and like in some ways you're sharing your personal gesture or whatever with a ton of other people who are also doing the same thing and there's there's something nice about that as well i think yeah. And I mean, it's also just the time of year that people are going to see each other. <laughs> so for for some reasons, it's just like a convenience thing. I know what you're saying, though, like um, it does feel a little performative and like very capitalistic. And I'm not like a huge proponent of like gift giving for Christmas, like culturally or anything like that. Like, obviously, like I am <laughs> cognizant of like the the capitalistic integrity of it. But I think like while we're here existing in this culture with these norms, like and there is that pressure, like it is nice at least to to have the feeling of like giving a good gift and things like that. And also on Hanukkah, like in like actually in Israel, not in like the Americanized version of Hanukkah, you're only supposed to give socks. It's not even a gift giving holiday. It's just like the U.S. is so greedy and like materialistic that they were like well if christians get to do it like jews should get to do it too which is like nice that we don't feel left out but also like it's such a minor religious holiday that has become such a you know it gets its own rugrats episode for something that like doesn't (laughs) really matter in the torah it gets its own many episodes uh right like it's i don't know what other hanukkah episodes are there i like there's whole movies about hanukkah there I, I remember, yeah, I remember like uh, there's like animated movies. There's there's one by Adam Sandler, um, right? Eight Crazy Nights, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that I, I mean, like it's 
it, and it's really just like the the holiday season in general. Like, I mean, the amount of of Christmas movies and Christmas specials um, is is insane. Um, which is again, like, there's something weird about about tradition to me. Being somebody that didn't enjoy Christmas a whole lot when I was a kid, like, there were it was still like one of my favorite parts of the year, just because like, oh, school's out and I get lots of f- cool things to play with. But like I never I never really bought into like the spirit of Christmas kind of like existential joy of it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I still I still feel the 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 sort of like cultural pressure of like I want to recreate the the nostalgia of my past. And like this, I it's almost an imagined nostalgia that is like, you know, there, there's this image of Christmas uh, it's almost like the like the image of a nuclear family that lots of people try to aspire to be. But it's like there's this image of Christmas, and I feel like I should be trying to recreate that because that's what happiness is. Um, and even though I know myself, and I know that's not what I want, and it's not what I like, there's just there's a little part of me that's that's still like, eh, am I doing it wrong though? I feel like I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's true of, like, anything that has, like, uh, a large set of expectations, like, any milestone in your life, I feel like. Um, I know that I felt like that on my 21st birthday. It was like I was actively, like, at my party being like, is this is this fun enough? Like, is this, I know that it's, it's supposed to be super fun, you know? And it's like, I am having fun, but am I having enough? And I think no. it's like that with like anything that has such a set of expectations. If you're scared of existential dread, just wait until you turn 25. Let me tell you, that's, uh, that, <laughs> still haven't recovered from that one just yet. Oh, no. <laughs> Karen seems oh, well, okay. It's... He's survived like seven months of it. Eight months. Yeah. Well, because it's like, um, I, it's. It's weird because like my my twenty first birth, I don't even remember what I did because uh, I don't think I did anything, um, and I I didn't feel pressure with that. Um, maybe just because I'm more removed from that culture. Uh, whereas Christmas is really just like really invasive. Like you really can't escape it, and, I, and not that you can escape like the drinking culture either. But I guess I kind of do by just not going to those things yeah well it's a different set of expectations for you if 21 doesn't actually mean much like legally (laughs) and culturally for you well like christmas doesn't mean much to me either but i but it's there's still something there that's like i feel like i i feel like i have to be doing something even though it's like are are we are we convinced it's a good thing because like this is the time of year that lots of people get depressed and like uh, it's it's a very difficult thing for for many people, even even people with families and who, who, who like uh, you know, like is this is this really a, a cultural positive or like I don't know is that is that even a, a set thing yet? I mean, I feel like that's a really big question, right? Because like if we're looking at it, I was like, would society be better if just like Christmas was a abolished or b never existed? Like those are different questions, and also it's like, well, are we talking about like the total abolition of Christmas or just like, you know, editing it and like taking out some of how pervasive it is. Like, I feel like there's a spectrum. I feel like right now, maybe as full blown as it is with all of these very specific expectations. I mean, Christmas has specific expectations to the point of how you decorate the outside (laughs) of your home, 
which like is not something like how you put up lights and you bring something from outside inside in having a tree in your home like these are very specific weird things it has its own songs it has its own movies like you said like it's got an entire years worth of culture packed into this one day and the night before it so i think to that extent it's not necessarily healthy but it's also something that people feel so much magic around that i think some of that must be positive that you know it's there's a there's a christmas warm fuzzy feeling i think yeah it's 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 weird because it's one of those things like there's clearly a lot of positive things about it and I think that anything that is able to bring families together in a positive way is a very, very good thing. Um, but at the same time, there's so there's a lot of negatives that can come. And I and I feel like I feel like people do talk about the negatives to some extent, like the commercialization, and um, to to some extent, you could say like the war on Christmas stuff is talking about the negatives. Uh, but but I feel like I I don't often hear discussion about like usually when people talk about the negatives it's like oh you're just being pessimistic you're just being a scrooge or a grinch yeah we have two different words for people that say (laughs) mean things about christmas to condition us into not criticizing christmas it's like a a green scare it's like the red scare but you're the grinch (laughs) and and there's never anyone who offers a measured critique of christmas it's always you either love christmas wholeheartedly or you're the grinch there's no in between yeah, it's it's very true. It's it's uh it's it's very it's very much like politics. <laughs> oh, like <no. laughs> uh, you're either for or against. Uh you're either with me or you're against me. Um God. <laughs> I'm against you, Christmas. <laughs> I I was gonna go there, but I didn't think I could put off the accent, so props to Lita for, for diving in her <laughs> Well now I just feel like I'm talking about Christmas from Big Brother. We can uh, if you want. Yeah. If we want to segue onto that, by all means. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Like, I like I have a lot of like complicated feelings about Christmas, and I feel like I don't often hear people talk about that from my perspective. It's either some politicized view of it or some romanticized view of it, and it's, there's not really, at least from what I've seen, a lot of just like this is just kind of a difficult period of time that can be good but also bad and how do you go through that how do you deal with that how do you you know rectify that in your mind i think it's a like a self-perpetuating thing as well because since it's christmas and you're meant to be happy and you're meant to have this this perfect thing going on you don't want to be the person who seems to be criticizing it and if you're going through that yourself you don't want to be the person who's spawning everyone else's uh holiday season by dragging them into your own personal struggle with it so it's almost like the worst time of the year to actually have a productive conversation or, or a helpful conversation about what the the whole thing means to you yeah I, and i feel like people that would get mad at you it's, it's just feels like why is this so fragile for you that you need to like lash out at me for even talking about it you know um and at the same time like the people that are overly critical of it it's like why why do you need why why are you being so critical that you need to like rain on the parade of people that are enjoying themselves um and so it, it, i think it is hard to approach it from the the right direction to not set people off yeah um this is switching gears a little bit but i'm going to forget this question if i don't ask it um i really want to know if your par- if either of your parents tried to uh convince you of santa claus cuz both of you seem very not the children who would be into <laughs> that kind of thing um did either of you believe in santa at all i, I think 
I, I think I did at first, but my parents realized this was a lost cause fairly quickly, so they just abandoned the pretense, which, uh, I mean, say what you will about my parents, but they they were, they were never tried to, like, uh, uh, lie to you about that kind of stuff. Like, it, they, they would go along with the, that because that, that was the norm, but the moment you voiced any kind of skepticism, it's like, yeah, okay, the whole thing is just a bit, so it's fine. I feel like Dom would just be like, it doesn't make sense. The optimal way to get from the North Pole to here is not reindeer. I feel like Taron would be like that too. Like Taron, I think yeah, he's so more, you are both, more you are both fully yeah. like that. I'm just asking because I feel like part of like, if we're talking about like cynicism of the holiday or like magic or whatever, like, you know, that Christmas feeling, I feel like Santa is part of that maybe, but I never had that. It's It's hard to remember. Like, I don't ever remember believing in Santa. But I do remember pretending to believe in Santa. Mm. I like I, I felt like I need to like pretend that this exists because if 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 Santa doesn't exist, then I don't get presents. Yeah, Pascal's wager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a mini Pascal's wager. Um, <laughs> but what about all the other possible Santas, Lita? Um, so, <laughs> uh, but I just I remember like I need to make sure that my mom thinks that I believe in Santa because otherwise. I, from my perspective, the presents I was getting would be halved because half of them were coming from Santa and half of them were coming from her. And so if she knew that I didn't believe in Santa, then I'd only get the ones from her. She'd stop the pretense. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, I, yeah, which may or may not have been true. But I've always wondered about Santa's role as this like substitute religious figure uh, because it, he's meant to be this like this transcendent being who like judges you all across the year and then finally like delivers his verdict and. In Santa's case, it's whether you get presents or not, which when you're seven years old is like the only thing that matters to you. But it, there, there are some obvious parallels with uh, like grown up religion where you're under the, the watchful eye of this deity the whole time. And if you make some some misstep at any point in your life, you're doomed to damnation for all of time. Like I, I don't know if Santa's meant to be like this gateway drug to uh, proper religion or, or whatever, <laughs> but there, there, there is some connection there that I've never been able to fully tease out. To be fair, I'm much more comfortable discussing heaven and hell than the naughty and nice list, which always sits grossly with me. Yeah, I like it's I I've I've definitely heard, you know, Santa talked at, talked about as sort of like the starter religion. Uh, but I, I don't think it, it was meant as that. If anything, I think it was just sort of like I think that the way that our minds are built as humans are like. Uh, they tend like this is the kind the kind of belief system that we gravitate toward um which is that like there is a watchful eye uh, or or if you're coming from a religious perspective you you might say that like the similarities for, uh, between you know santa and your religious belief um are because santa is sort of echoing the the natural sort of religious belief that that it stems from um and uh, but it, it, i i do think it's interesting like just how 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 similar they are like i think there's a lot that can be learned there but obviously it's a very sensitive topic <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean and it's also so like i don't know it was always so silly to me because it's like for kids to think like okay so obviously the gifts that you get from santa because they're from your parents. I'm sorry to ruin that for anyone listening who didn't know that. Um, they're <sighs> proportional to your income level that you already have, right? Like Santa can only afford the amount of gifts that your parents would be able to afford. So it always seemed kind of cruel to me to to have low-income kids think that Santa doesn't necessarily like them as much when they go and compare presents at school because they didn't get 
cool, you know, as much cool stuff from Santa. That always just seemed because because it is correlated to your morality, you know, like you're naughty or nice that like I feel like there must be some low income kids somewhere who feel like they they were not as good because they didn't get as much from Santa. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, that makes that makes sense to me. Um, I, I like from my own personal perspective, like I, I would say like I, I wish I could corroborate that uh but since i never really believed in it in the first place like i i don't think i ever really got that sense but i can totally see how how it would happen you know yeah i mean i don't i don't know um i mean full disclosure i also ruined santa for uh my childhood best friend because it all just seemed so silly to me and i was like wake up you're being lied to it's propaganda (laughs) it's not really what i said but i like i i feel really bad about it but it just all seemed so ridiculous but i think to compensate i believed in the tooth fairy like way too long like way (laughs) past the age where it's appropriate just because i thought that that was a much more um fair thing where it was like no matter what no matter how good my tooth was whatever like i got a dollar that's what it was it was a dollar and like I didn't have to actually do anything but like allow my skeleton to naturally fall apart and then put it under my pillow. And I always thought that was a lot more fair and just than Santa Claus. I don't know. I I knew people that got a lot more than a dollar for for their teeth. Oh, I'm sure it happens. It's just like this was my childhood brain being like, this is a better version of Santa. I think there was definitely like a a sense of superiority that I allowed myself to feel like when I... Because I I was always looking for proof that Santa wasn't real. Like, so when I finally found it, which I don't remember what it was, like I found some stuff or whatever. Um, I was like, haha, I caught you. And I was like, I caught, I caught you. I'm better than you. Um, and then I immediately just like put myself on the side of, of like the adults. So like with my sister, I was just like, yeah, totally real. Like, uh, I was like, I'm just like one of them. I'm, I'm tricking you just like them because I'm just as good, if not better. (laughs) You weren't doing it to be a good big brother. You were just doing it to like, feel good about yourself. I mean, I'm sure that you could spin it in that way. And if I was (laughs) interested in portraying myself as like a a good person, then I would say that and everyone would believe me. But if I'm trying to be honest, um, I'm 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 sure there were both both aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like. Like I, um, I, I, it just like the, the feeling that I was in the know and that not only was I like tricking my mom into thinking I wasn't, but I was tricking my sister into thinking like I was on that. It was, it was very much just like, uh, I needed to feel uh, like like I I felt very separate. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You were playing Christmas (laughs) big brother with your family. Yeah. Well, cause like if you are the person that is like running, to if if I'm the person that's running to my sister, like you'll never believe it. Santa is definitely not real. Then it's like uh, like I that that presupposes that I was once tricked as well, and that I need to like uh, you know relay the message. Um, but if but if I'm on the side of like yeah, just like I always thought, but I'm going to continue my line of questioning <laughs> or whatever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Look, uh, I I had some weird coping mechanisms as a child. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I like I like this though because it, it it feels like getting you to talk about Santa is what finally has made you open up uh, and reveal all of your like innermost uh, pathologies. Uh, so finally, there's some uh, introspection here on the Tarrant show. 
<laughs> well, yeah, this this is the 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 introspection that everyone wants. Uh, Taryn was a jerk that pretended to believe in Santa. Um, you also invited <laughs> on the two people most likely to shoot these questions back at you. I feel like you really wanted to talk about Santa Claus. <laughs> well, this is this is this is meant to be a, a, a circular conversation here. We're <laughs> we're all talking. This is not an interview. It's a discussion. Okay, <laughs> got it. Um, no, I'm just always interested in in how people handled um, the Santa thing because it it always like I don't know just like going off of the cruelty of it like tricking children I think as a rule is like not necessarily my favorite especially because like there's so much surrounding like how you explain things to children with like where do babies come from or whatever and the way that like a lot of parents in America and I'm sure around the world have that conversation is so irresponsible and damaging. And I feel like it all comes from the fact that because they feel like they're allowed to lie about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, whatever that is, um, like you get to just like make stuff up and say, well, like it's just protecting them or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, if, if we want to go back to it, like the, I think the reason that I was that I did the things that I did in terms of like, and not that I did anything bad, but in terms of like feeling superior and feeling like, like tricking people was the way to feel superior was because I, I felt like I had the experience of knowing that my mom is lying to my face mm -hmm. and like, okay, so that's not a great feeling. How do I not feel bad about that? by lying back to her face and pretending that her lies are working. And like that, like I said, like that was my defense to it. And like, it, that was one of the things that, that taught me that like, this is how you get around this. Like you just, you lie back, you trick them back. Like, uh, and I, I don't think it necessarily sends the best message. And I also hear the side that's like, but magic. Um, but like, I feel like there's like, there's a way to, have magic in your life yes. that's not based on a lie. Right. Like, I completely you, you agree. You can get into fiction. You can immerse yourself in these in these worlds. You can be like this uh, super Harry Potter fan or something with the understanding that none of it is real. Like, you don't need to pretend that this is actually part of reality for that to make sense to you or for that to like resonate with you in any way. And yeah, it does feel weird that every set of parents just automatically gets this practice at lying to their children. And I, <laughs> there's got to be something unhealthy in there somewhere. Yeah. And it's also like, I, I absolutely know from firsthand experience that you can experience holiday magic or whatever, or even like specifically Christmas magic, because I do have like, you know, a little bit of background in Christmas um, without Santa Claus being part of it. Like this, it's, uh, it snowed on Christmas here um, yesterday, which is the first white Christmas I've seen forever. And I love snow. And I just like, I, I heard jingle bells in the background of my brain. And I was like, this is so beautiful and wonderful. And there's like little stuff like that that doesn't stem from like a man is going to come into your house and <laughs> like that decide if you are good or bad. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and eat your it's, food. And it's again, like, it, 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 I, I think I, I sort of came to that conclusion very early on in, in my childhood. Like, like, I'm not going to perpetuate this. This doesn't make any sense. But then there is, it's just like, every, everybody does it. Everybody does it. Nobody questions it. So you're left feeling like, am I doing something wrong if I don't do this? Like, if I, if I don't lie to my children about Santa, am I doing it wrong? Because there's going to be a ton of people that are like, oh, come on. Like, you're, this poor child is not living with the magic of Santa and it's all your fault. And like, I feel like that's 
what the majority of people would just automatically think. And even if you think your logic is wrong, I don't like I don't agree with you. If everybody does it, you get that feeling of pressure like. I might be doing something wrong. Like maybe, maybe I'm the weird one and I'm messing and, things and if up. And your kid is the only one who hasn't been trained to believe in Santa. And now they're, they're spreading their knowledge to their classmates or whatever. Now they're the asshole who ruined Christmas for <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. in their class. Yeah, but this is, this is already, and I understand that there are schools that are not mixed religion, but this is already something that all of the Jewish and Muslim kids in my class had to, <laughs> we had this responsibility to not accidentally slip up. <laughs> like it's unfair, honestly. And I think it made us all more realists and it, uh, it set us up for success and a deep amount of cynicism and sh- get guilt. You know what? Jewish guilt is actually just us feeling bad that we ruined Santa <laughs> for other people. Because every Jew has done it. I firmly believe this, that we did this for someone in our lives. And that's what Jewish guilt is. We're trying to repent for that. All this time, we thought it was, you know, this biblical thing, but it was actually just about Santa. Yeah. I don't know where Catholic guilt comes from. That's that's a different thing. Someone else would have to answer that. But yeah, it was like always just like a weird thing that was like normally we didn't really I didn't really like feel a cultural divide with my non-Jewish friends, like except at Christmas. It's just like okay, like, this is a time of year where I have to keep a secret that I didn't agree to. <laughs> Great. Did you did you really have, like, experiences where your friends were talking about, like, like Santa or something, and, and you had to be like, uh... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I did ruin it for, for my childhood best friend, but that was more of, like, a choice, because I just felt like, this is just silly. Like, I, I like care about you too much to have you be like duped by your parents repeatedly um but no i mean other than that like even if it was just like you know um like watching uh, a christmas movie or something in school if there was like a christmas episode of i don't know what's something educational like the magic school bus or something do they have a christmas (laughs) episode i feel like we watched we watched christmas episodes in school and you know santa is a main theme and it's like okay well santa is in the conversation he's in the discussion and half the room is talking about him like he is a real person who exists and half the room is laughing at them (laughs) like it well it's it's also weird because like in so many christmas movies the skeptic or like the person that doesn't believe is portrayed as the villain uh, or, or like the misguided person that needs to be like uh, enlightened. Right. So it's so it's like when you're a, a child, like knowing the objective truth, it's very difficult to reconcile that dichotomy of like, wait a minute, but. So am I in the wrong here? Like, what, like, what am I doing wrong that I am the villain in this story? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. No. And I like never really watched any Christmas movies, thankfully, um, except for Elf, because I loved Elf. I feel like that's one of the less like, I don't know, um, like less preachy movies. But um, yeah, I feel like whenever I like catch like especially like childhood specials or whatever, they're, they always talk about um the Christmas spirit in like such tangible terms as if like you either have it or you don't. And then like you go through this experience and you just like find it. And it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't resonate with someone who didn't grow up with like Christmas being in any sort of like religious or cultural context where it was just like, yeah, I got gifts from my mom, but we didn't like do it on Christmas while my parents were still married. We like only had Hanukkah. So. Yeah. It's, it's weird and and I think we've we've had this conversation before Lita but like there's something that's that's weird to me about like there's 
it's again like this thing where it's it's such a massively shared cultural experience and that can be a really good thing in in a lot of different ways and i wouldn't necessarily want to abolish it but at the same time there are a lot of potential negatives where it's like there's a lot of like cultural pressure and even just like actual pressure like you, wh- why aren't you with your family why like why wouldn't you do that or um like why aren't you happy why aren't you giving give why aren't you doing what everyone else is doing you loser uh you crazy person um and i think that's that's one of the contributing factors towards like why people get depressed or like even when you are doing those things you get the sense of like, well, there's this mythical thing that's supposed to be the ideal version of Christmas. And I don't feel like I'm living it. I feel like I'm super stressed or like that. I'm not close to these people, whatever it is. There's so many different ways for it to cause pain. But again, there's this, <clears throat> there's some, like, how do you, how do you get the the good parts without, without causing that pain? It's, it's a weird uh, dilemma. Dom, did your parents or did you of your own volition, did you ever go to church or anything growing up? Like, did you grow up with Christianity outside of just doing Christmas? So I went to a Catholic school, but I, I was an atheist the whole way through. And so like the holiday seasons, which were most tied into religion, you were at home for. So that never really factored into anything at all. And then my parents, I, I suspect my dad is actually a Christian. Like he goes to carol services. He goes to church occasionally <laughs> and he joined a choir <laughs> Uh, despite never really singing, okay. or so. Hey, I'd, I'd join a choir. Yeah, Taryn and I have both been right, in choirs. As far as I know, he had never really sung before and was not that good at this. So I'm not quite sure what was going on there, but uh, yeah, I <laughs> I love that. I, I suspect he may secretly be a Christian. He's in the closet <laughs> as a Christian. Not to say. Uh, but yeah, like, I I always used to enjoy just going to the midnight mass or the carol service. Um, I, it's I think services like that are especially weird if you don't have that sense of like family yourself. But if you're just going there by yourself and you see everyone going there and like these massive groups, it, it is a bit disconcerting. But yeah, I I always used to enjoy doing that. I didn't this year, but not for any particular reason. I just di- didn't really feel like it. Yeah, because I feel like it's also like, I, I don't know. I It's hard because Christmas is such a major holiday. So I can't really like imagine how it would be different if you're religious versus not religious. Because like, I know that for Hanukkah, like there are there are Jews that I'm friends with that don't do anything all year, for, like for the Jewish holidays, but then they just do Hanukkah. And for me, like I feel like that is really different because like that feeds into like the the media narrative of like Hanukkah is like the biggest Jewish holiday, whereas like for people like and this isn't to say like this isn't a place of value judgment on being like more or less Jewish, but I go to services like you know, for the high holidays and stuff like that. We always did Shabbos growing up. So we lit the candles every Friday. Um, so Hanukkah never felt like as big a deal, I guess. And so it's been weird, like as an adult being like, oh, this has to be such the a big enough deal to the point that it compares to Christmas in like how we celebrate it, which is like also weird pressure. So I, I just wonder like if you have that religious element, like how much if like a lot of the fluff and the Rudolph of it all bothers people on Christmas that it's just become so detached from religion. I I don't know. I like, I know it does for some people, but I'm talking about like not political pundits, like the everyday Dom who like grew up going to church or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I I imagine for a lot of, I think especially for a lot of older people, the fact that it's now become like this really commercialized event doesn't really sit well with them. Um, But I think they're just happy that it is still an event that people celebrate and they can, they can, 
add their own like religious import to it if they want to um and just the fact that it's still treated as like this culturally relevant touchstone is i I guess a good thing for them yeah i mean taryn you've gone caroling isn't that like a religious (laughs) thing isn't that religiously affiliated I don't oh, know. No, I'm I, asking I, you. I, I did not know until you told me that you did that. I didn't know that caroling was a real thing. I thought it was made up for TV. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I get like every song we sing basically is like uh, even in even just in the choir was uh, uh, I guess like to to, to set it up. I, I sung uh, in the choir for my high school. Um, I was in the chamber choir. And like basically every every song we sing is like, you know, uh, God, like praise god yeah, i love that song Ave maria uh, one of the classics god like <laughs> praise god yeah that's my favorite christmas song ever there's like lots of lots of biblical references and stuff and then like yeah, lots of christmas songs as well are like very sort of biblical and um and when we went we uh the, the our chamber car we went we went caroling we went to like different places and like there were there were old people that were like oh god bless you like um <laughs> so like even though i didn't really see it as all of your impressions <laughs> are just so good <laughs> um i i'm it it might be i don't know i don't know what the origins of it are um it does sort of seem like it would be a religious thing of caroling no of caroling because it might take a while to explain if you're not familiar yeah uh the history of christmas carols uh they were first sung in europe thousands of years ago but those were not christmas carols those were pagan (laughs) songs sung at the winter solstice celebrations as people danced around stone circles the word carol, the word carol okay. actually means right. dance or song right. of praise and joy. It, yeah, we it, understand. It, it is, it is fun to think that a lot of the like the most cherished Christmas carols are actually just like pagan chants that have been reappropriated uh, for the modern day. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just generally how our, our culture works. I think, right? Like lots of lots of things that meant something else a long time ago. Yeah, every top forty hit right now is just a pagan chant. That has been reimagined yeah. by Selena Gomez or whatever. It all goes back to it. It all goes back to that uh, the the chanting in uh, the Seventh Seal. <laughs> Great movie. Well, I just didn't know that it was a real thing because, like, obviously, I lived in a Jewish neighborhood, um, but it didn't make sense to me that, like, uh, what do they want? What what <laughs> what is their motives? Why are they doing this? <laughs> the caroling. Yes. What do you want to when you ring someone's joy. doorbell? I I mean, I just wanted to 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 do what I was told, I guess. Do you and ask people, would you like us to sing a song for you? Or do they just open the door and you immediately start belting in their face? We didn't go door to door. We went to like um we went to like a an old person's home. Oh, great. Uh, okay, people that who, is, that's people, different. People who can't that's leave so and can't shut the door on you just have, have forced to sit there and listen to you singing. <laughs> we, we went to like uh, some schools um, and I do think, I think we went to like a couple people's houses, but like we didn't go like, like door to door around a neighborhood or anything. Yeah, see, that's what I, I don't know is real. Like going and knocking on people's, first of all, people don't even answer the door if you ring the doorbell anymore. <laughs> Like I would be really mad if I opened the door and there were a bunch of people singing at me. Yes, yes, I completely agree. And I don't know what they want, and I don't know why they're doing this. It's cold outside. I do they take tips? I don't understand it. 
Have you had any experience with this uh, style? Thankfully not. It, it, if, if this is a custom anywhere, it hasn't reached our shores just yet. So that's that's one thing I can be thankful for this uh, Christmas season. Well, I think if it hasn't gotten to England yet, it's not like caroling is on an upswing. Like, I don't think it's going to make it there. I think you've, you've yeah, successfully evaded it. Usually it's us it. who's forcibly imposing our customs on everyone else. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys have a memory of like the like your favorite christmas gift absolutely none so i'm gonna be useless for this part of the conversation <laughs> can you make I one don't up either, that's but really I feel, nice because I, I feel like i feel like that's a thing that people have but i and even though like the gifts were my favorite part like i don't remember a particular one um i mean i remember lots of of little things but i feel like maybe they're more like associated with the memory um than like the actual item i'm trying to think because i feel like something that is my favorite Christmas gift, I might not even remember as being a Christmas gift. Like if, if it was like a book that I really loved or something or like um, something that I used a lot, I feel like it would just be like, yeah, this is just like a thing that I have that is integrated into my life. I don't remember where I got it. Well, see, I, again, I feel like this is this this is the thing where like the expectation is like you see those you, those uh, videos of like kids from the '90s getting Nintendo 64s and they lose their shit. Like, I I want that. I want that to have been me, but it wasn't. And like, I feel like no no gift receiving experience will ever. I will never be as joyful as that kid in that video. And everything else is just going to be a disappointment because well, of that. Well, I was about to say, in terms of like functionality, like I know that I got Mario Party two for Hanukkah when I was like six uh something like that we still play it like very regularly like very regularly to the point where like it's it's sad that we even still find it entertaining um but like so stuff like that i mean is like a really good gift i remember stuff like um like i got a bike for my birthday one year and i remember stuff like that um really vividly but i know that that was my birthday because it was the summer so maybe christmas just uh or Hanukkah or whatever didn't lend itself because you get stuff indoors. You don't get to go outside and see your bike with a bow on it. Well, well, again, it's it's sort of like because I I do remember getting gifts outside of Christmas and or my birthday, like because they were so shocking and singular and like meaningful. But like I don't remember any particular gift on Christmas. I just remember the overall feeling of like, oh, I get lots of things. Um, but like nothing nothing ever stands out. I feel like they just blend in. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Sorry everyone listening <laughs> who was hoping <laughs> hoping for a really nice story in response to this question, but <laughs> I mean, you never know. Maybe someday I'll meet uh a Nintendo 64 kid. Yeah. Well, I know that my brother got one, but I think I was like too young to even remember. When did that system come out? Oh, I don't know, like ninety, like ninety eight. Yeah. Well, I yeah. So I didn't even like have the ability to form long term memories at that point. So maybe my brother was one of those kids because we must have gotten a Nintendo sixty four at some point. But I just literally don't remember yeah, you... a time before it. Oh my god! Wait, no, I do know my best, my favorite gift. Uh, I my dad gave me a backgammon oh, set um, a couple <laughs> years ago, and that was like really meaningful because um, it just it occurred to me because. Um, just speaking of like not remembering a time before we didn't have that, like I don't ever remember not knowing how to play backgammon. Like it was something that I totally grew up with. Uh, Dom rolled his eyes because he thought that he was away from the backgammon talk, not talking to Colin. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was like a sort of a rite of passage. I think he gave it to me when I was like, when I w was a freshman in college. Yeah. So it was like, you know, now you get your own backgammon set to 
hustle people at school or whatever. So that was meaningful to me. I didn't lose my shit like uh, Nintendo 64, but... Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't count unless you did. Okay. Sorry, there wasn't a For viral record, video of it. Never got an N64. I mean, we did. It's I very just... sad. I never did. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I did have a PlayStation, though. Which, is that come better? On, there's like no comparison. Okay. No, good. N64 I, is way better. That's what I think, but I don't know. I don't have actual video game opinions because N64 is the only one I know how to play. Um, I played like uh, like Tony yes. Hawk. Pro and... Skater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. I, I still have that. <laughs> it's really hard, um, actually. Yeah. It, the games were harder back then. Yeah. We didn't get but participation trophies for a Tony <laughs> yeah. Hawk Pro Skater. I'll tell you that. Back in the day... The games were simpler, but more complex at the same time. They were more fun. You could play with friends without having to be online. It's It was way better. There's no points. There's no loot crates. There's no nothing. What's a loot crate? Let's not even go there. But I, I, I remember like <laughs> the early, like the, the earliest video games I played, stuff like just these grainy 3D graphics seem so revolutionary. And nowadays, like you look, you look at the new releases and there's these amazing like cinematic effects. And it's like, that, that's doesn't i'm desensitized to it completely it just doesn't register with me at all yeah and and the thing is like they don't even add that much to the game uh, the, i saw a post on reddit the other day that was like an article from when super mario 64 came out and they were like it's 3d you have 360 different options uh to to like for where to go you just point and you go video games are never gonna get any better than this and i was like you know what you're right <laughs> because Mario 64 is still an amazing game and I honestly don't think any other game has really surpassed it in terms of just enjoyability. Uh, like Super Smash Brothers for 64 is the, I feel that way about that game. Like same uh, thing. It's Me- incredibly is better, fun. But no I, it's yeah. not. No it's not. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just telling you that you're objectively wrong. Melee okay. is the like well, one of the worst. <laughs> but, but, but this is this is conclusive proof that N64 was a better system because people just gush over their favorite N64 games. No one has that same like iconic memories of PlayStation. That games. iconic like, GameCube game that we all <laughs> loved so much. Like I know there are people out there who love FF7. They're wrong. It's objectively bad. Don't at me. <laughs> but then other than that, it's like I guess Kevin Martin likes Spyro the Dragon. I guess, but I, I haven't had anyone Spyro else. Spyro was pretty about good. Their, it is fine, but like no one else talks about their it's favorite fine. PlayStation games. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but is that also maybe just that that was the one that was like our childhood system, like our age group? I didn't I didn't have an N64. I had a PlayStation. I played Spyro. I played uh, like Gran Turismo and I played Tony Hawk. And I don't go back and play those games. But I in my adult age have gone back and played, uh, you know, Mario 64 and uh, Ocarina of Time and Super Smash Bros and Mario Kart and like as an adult i love those games and i like i would still prefer to play them over almost any other modern game is this where you plug the mario party lfc where uh all yes. three of us played in check out check out the my youtube and watch uh the uh podcast house mario party games yeah Taren and i, I were on a team and I it was a bad idea <laughs> what Tom? <laughs> I, we should have won that. Jordan and I were crushing that for so long, and then everything just fell apart. It was disgraceful. <laughs> I mean, you were never going to win. I, I'm always going to win Mario Party. It's it's a law of nature. I, 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 I knew that, that, but we were doing well enough for long enough that I, I started to get this glimmer of hope, and then 
It was just extinguished instantly. <laughs> I was just toying with my food. Um, <laughs> mean. It sort of relates in a way, though. Like, having played video games in the past, like, they used to be my whole life in many ways like that video games were my escape i loved them i played them all the time i felt like my whole life is video games because i don't like much of the other stuff and then as i as i have grown up and i think this is something that i'm sure a lot of people experience but like i now have a life separate from video games and i i actually like myself and i'm happy and i don't need to escape um so like i think that has contributed toward like i don't play video games as much and i don't enjoy them in the same way um and it's it's not even just video games it's tv and it's movies and it's like anything that i really loved and like my identity was movies like that was who i was because it was the thing that i threw myself into and i don't need that anymore because i have my own identity outside of that and so i experienced movies differently if i see a movie that i'm like this is an amazing movie i'm not like this is my life now i'm going to filter everything through this movie uh, like my experiences i'm going to like think of myself as the main character and i'm going to you know blah 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 i don't, I don't do that anymore and so i don't experience them in the same way and in a way it feels like i'm not enjoying them as much because i'm experiencing something i love in a different way it's it's forcing me to like have to appreciate it in a different way and it's sort of the same thing with holidays where it's like, I think a lot of people, they have a particular experience when they're children and it's either like really good or maybe it's bad in some ways or maybe it's both. And then they they grow up and they can't you can't really experience what it's like to be a kid on Christmas or uh, or whatever holiday it is, you know, how, getting a bunch of presents and, you know, having parents that take care of everything and there's something about being a child in that situation that you can't replicate. And so when you get older, you want to try and replicate. And I think that's why the traditions and and the, the cultural norms around surrounding everything, like they perpetuate so much is because you're chasing after that, like that high that you had when you were a kid. And you you can't ever really grasp it. You have to you have to modify it and appreciate the holiday in a different way once you're older. And like it, that's that's something that's difficult to do, I think. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's like it's it's experiencing it in a different way and perhaps enjoying it less, but that doesn't mean that it's um a worse way of enjoying it because like yeah. obviously like what you're getting at was that like your relationship with movies was like to a point unhealthy because it was like the only way that you can conceptualize reality. So you're enjoying it less, but you have a more healthy relationship with them. So Hopefully that's how most adults are conceptualizing the holidays, which is like, yeah, this isn't necessarily as fun, but maybe that's better. Yeah. And I, and I think that's like, that's where I have tried to like position myself and like get, get to like how I visualize things. I, I do think for me, at least it, it helps to accept that I'm never going to have the feeling of walking down the stairs and seeing a whole floor full of presents because it never really existed in the first place um so because of that I'm, I'm sort of able to like try and look at it as how do i appreciate this in my own way and prevent other people's views on things and and cultural pressure from preventing me from enjoying my own thing um so that's that's what i try to get at because i think it also applies to movies where it's like 
uh, what so some of my favorite movies are the uh, I don't know exactly what you'd call it, the before trilogy um starting with before uh sunrise and ending with uh before midnight um where the first movie i watched when i was a kid and it's this very romantic like movie it's basically in many ways um sort of like what this podcast is uh, uh i'm sure i was influenced by it in some ways where it's just like it's two people talking for a day essentially and having like a bunch of different conversations and it's an amazing movie. I love it. I had an an amazing experience with it that I can never recreate. And then they did another one 10 years later and they did another one or nine years later and they did another one nine years later after that. And with each, with each uh, movie after it was a very different feel that was like, we can't recreate what we did the first time. And that kind of sucks in a lot of ways, but you can appreciate this in a different way. And when I watched the second one, um, I didn't like it at first because I was like, this is different and I don't like it as much. But then as I'm as I grew older and matured and I watched it again, I was like, wow, this actually does mean a lot of different things if I can appreciate it from a different perspective. Um, and so I I've I've sort of like viewed my life in the lens of the before trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically the exact same thing with the Gilmore Girl survival. So I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. There you go. I'm like, this is different. This is bad. But in that case, it was actually kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I think everyone strives to have their entertainment media age gracefully with them. Yeah, that's why being a Harry Potter fan is so frustrating. Because J.K. Rowling won't <laughs> let it age gracefully. The weirdest thing is how J.K. Rowling seems to now think that Harry Potter is reality and the ultimate, like, arbiter of what people should believe is what Harry would believe if he were real. So, like, she just, like, weighs into these political debates on Twitter about, uh, oh, well, Dumbledore would think this or Harry would think this. It's like, the, Does these she people really? don't exist. You yes. invented these yes. people. Like, and guess what? <laughs> Harry Potter was a jock who became a wizard cop. I don't care what he has to say. Like I really the, don't care. Like the, 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 the abiding moral lesson of the Harry Potter franchise is Hermione takes a stand against something that is legitimately like fucked up. Can, can I say that on her? Yeah. Am I okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's sorry, a, the, you weren't asking me, but I was like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Hermione actually takes like a serious moral stand that is worth taking, and it's just dismissed and made fun of by the entirety of the school for it and i I know there's some debate over whether hermione's meant to be like this self-insertion by jk rowling so what are we meant to think about that but either way it's still like what message are people taking away that if you're actually opinionated about something that matters it's like well sucks for you i guess (laughs) that that was a a a bad move on your part (laughs) i just love this idea of somebody saying thinking like you know one of the figments of my imagination that I created has better opinions on politics than you. <laughs> like, <laughs> we should aspire to that figment of my imagination. I'm currently wearing Harry Potter memorabilia. I love Harry Potter. I just need J.K. Rowling to let it die because every new, every piece of new information we get, like, just somehow retroactively ruins the original series a little bit more for me. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry to ruin the- your, uh, your introspective rant, <laughs> It's, the, the, the big feminist takeaway from Harry Potter is that like Hermione takes a stand against slavery and the reaction is, oh, she's so annoying. God. It's like, yeah. well, God, right. you're so self-righteous, <laughs> Hermione. What an SJW. I, I love the series. It's, it's still one of my favorite childhood memories. I'm just saying that some parts of it don't age well. And one, one part of that is the author. So that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs>
Are there any holidays we don't have cynicism about? Like, are there any holidays that you really like and like see the the sort of like magic in or whatever and tend to be less cynical towards? I don't think so. I I think I feel sort of similar toward all holidays. I think like holidays in general are just kind of weird and they're mixed in terms of good and bad. And um, I think there's just so much expectation and pressure surrounding them. If you don't conform to it, then you are, and I wouldn't say like intentionally always, but I think there are people that do this intentionally. Like you are pressured or shamed or whatever if you don't go through with them. So like, I mean, I think Valentine's Day is an obvious one where it's like, if you are single on Valentine's Day and you're not happy about that fact, then you're not going to have a very fun time, probably. Wow. Um, Way to speak directly to me, Taryn. <laughs> really uh, rude. And, and like th- Thanksgiving, especially like Thanksgiving is even more about family, I think, uh, than than even Christmas. Like if you don't have a family or you don't have a good relationship with your family, um, uh, I, I think especially if you don't have a good relationship with your family, because then it's like, uh, like w- why aren't why aren't you going to Thanksgiving? Why 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 are you shunning your family? You terrible horrible monster! Uh, like like why why aren't you uh why aren't you lo- loving them unconditionally? Um, yeah, seeing <laughs> seeing all of these uh, social media posts about people anxious about having to like manage their racist uncle or just stuff like that is <laughs> it's made me very thankful that we that Thanksgiving is not a thing over here. So oh that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's one thing which I'm glad I can't relate to. Well, what about Charles Dickens Day? Isn't that basically the same thing? That's <laughs> yes, the British version. <laughs> Dom, are there any holidays that you that you feel strongly towards positively? Uh, none come to mind. I mean, if you gave me time, I could think of reasons why I might, I could be convinced to like them. But no, I mean, it's their holidays. If you can enjoy them, great. But I think it's the kind of thing which... If you have to be prompted, then there's already an issue. Like if if you can enjoy that <laughs> sincerely and without any motivation, that's 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 the whole point. And if you have to like put on this character to enjoy a holiday, then it's what, what are you really getting out of it ultimately? Yeah, I'm with them on that. <laughs> I I love a lot of the like purely religious ones. Like I love Passover, which is a hot take because a lot of Jews uh, really don't like Passover because that's the week where we can't eat bread or pasta or anything that tastes good um but i really like it because you just get a you just like gather around the table have a big meal and just like tell the story of passover and it's like very communal and you know everybody takes turns reading and stuff like that so i like ones like those because it's just like kind of like you do one thing well there's two nights of passover you do two things and then you just it's like sort of a private exercise and like self-discipline or whatever um also this may shock everyone but i love my birthday like very unironically i think birthdays are incredible that we just give each other gifts for staying alive like i think that that's like a very (laughs) incredible invention of society it's just like oh my god you survived when is your birthday i don't think you've ever told us shut up (laughs) as if either of you know she gives us monthly reminders (laughs) You make fun as if either of you know offhand when my birthday is. I can see Taryn going to Twitter right now it's to look it up. Right? Stop. Colin started a rumor for the listeners that my birthday is 9-11. I don't know why he did it. It's not. It's May 26th, and clearly neither of you knew that, so you don't get to make fun of me for talking about it too much. I actually was going to guess June 26th, so I was pretty close. Okay. 
great. Well, obviously Look, it wasn't. You okay. confuse me. I knew it was the 26th, but you confuse me with all the monthly in- increments. When you're like, every month is like, this is my sixth month. This is my seventh month. This is my 12th month. It's like, well, I, I, I'm going to get confused on the month. The 12th month is just a birthday. That's just how time works. You would, think, you would think that. But the way that you view it, it's like, no, it's like 12 months. It's my 12th, 12th birthday. You, you get partial credit, okay? That, that's all you're getting. No, he doesn't get partial credit for after me saying it, saying I was going to say the wrong date. <laughs> that does no partial credit at all. No, it's believable because I did get the number right. Okay. But the month right. wrong. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't have made any sense because that was after we went to Vegas and I spent the entire time being mad at you on that trip. So obviously it was before True. that. <laughs> But see, I don't even, I don't remember what month we went to Vegas. I probably would have said August. Um, oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Birthdays are amazing. I, and... Glad it was such a, a treasured memory for you, Tyron. It really yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> look. I just don't keep track of months very well. Okay, sure. Ever, that's ever since I ever since I stopped being in school, they just don't matter to me. <laughs> a full time podcaster isn't on a regimented yearly schedule. <laughs> like even when you're working full time, it's like who cares what month it is. Um, <laughs> good point, <laughs> I guess. Well, I just, I just wanted to add some positivity to show that we're not bashing on holidays, except that both of you are, but I think that some holidays just, are great. Add some positivity by uh, being like, I bet neither of you know what my birthday is. I and then when you get interrupted, that... make sure you say it again so that you prompt us once again. Because Dom was accusing me of talking about it too much as if either what? of you actually knew. I, I was merely joking that no one can remember your birthday, which apparently is true, Taryn. Yeah, Taryn. <laughs> I didn't see you uh, coming up with any numbers, Dom. That, I bet I, you I didn't got, even know 26. I, I'm not the host of the show. I, I don't have to keep the ship uh, going straight. <laughs> I do like that this is coming right after the Matt Hoffman one, where he uh, went on a whole rant about people who shouldn't force you to remember their birthdays. Well, we're our old enemies me and Matt Hoffman, we have an age-old rivalry that was obviously a subtweet in a podcast at me. I'm just kidding. We've never met. In case anyone doesn't actually know that. I, I'm a big fan of his recap of the recap coverage. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I like I, I, I am definitely cynical toward holidays, but I I don't begrudge anyone their holidays. I In fact, like I enjoy them for other people. Like I enjoy that... Uh, I, I I like watching like I, I watched uh like uh Coco, uh mm-hmm. the the new animated movie, all about family, uh coming together, Day of the Dead. Um great stuff. I was I was very it was very heartwarming. I was very happy for that movie and those fictional characters. Um I don't I'm not I'm not gonna like try and rain on people's parade. Uh but I think uh like i just don't want my parade rained on either like uh like don't it, don't be like well you you suck if you don't do this um i think i'm very individualistic um like the communal stuff like like uh, like big cultural events like they just don't mean much to me like i don't like you know what i mean like if you tell me like lots of people do this thing i'm like all right but like if I do a thing, that's meaningful to me. So, like, if you, when you were like, is there a holiday that you like? I'd, I'd be like, well, if I had my own thing with my friends, like, we have a we have a tradition that, like, you know, every January seventh we get together and play Secret Hitler. Like, that would be meaningful to me, um, as opposed to just every 
day of the week. As opposed to Secret Hitler Day on January 6th. You know what I mean? (laughs) Christmas is everybody's identity. Like, it's hard to have your own Christmas identity because it's so massive and commercialized and whatever. But, like, if it was me and my group of people and we called it Schmishmas and that was our holiday, that would be more meaningful to me because that would be me expressing my own thing if that makes sense when is the inaugural smishmas i, I want to get an invite to this <laughs> it's obviously december 26th when we do uh the taryn special uh taryn holiday special show it's actually called the smishmas special please stop taking the smishmas out of <laughs> mary we, please stop taking we, the smish out of mary smishmas are, are we allowed to say smishmas again does it trigger the lips <laughs> yeah, the the those PC freaks haven't gotten to it yet, so we can still say schmish. And it's schmappy schmaladays, please, for the more culturally sensitive here. <laughs> Even with the the very specific examples we've given here, it's interesting that despite the three of us being like, I think understanding each other pretty well and being quite close, like we have like these non overlapping experiences in some ways that we just can't really understand. So like. The so not eating meat, for instance, Lisa and I can understand that on some level in a way that Taryn, I'm assuming, unless you're a closet vegetarian, uh, like that's <laughs> just you're not really your bad at it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you eat. But I, I like I I can't I can't relate to that specific thing, but I I do think it's in some ways similar to to not drinking. Like it is right, but, it but, is super. But but likewise, as we spoke about on our episode, you and I would understand that maybe in a way that Lisa wouldn't, and then like as men, there are things that we would bond over that Lisa couldn't and vice versa. Like there were just these gaps in your experience. And in a way, that's a great thing because it means you have this uh, uniqueness to your life. But if you're trying to empathize with and connect with people, there's always going to be some some missing ingredient that you have to work to uh, to add there, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's why like like when i'm again like if you're not viewing it as a an image of culture and and instead you're viewing it as like individual people i think that's when you're able to to bridge that gap and to try to understand and like like what is it like to be a vegetarian it's sort of similar to how you don't drink in some ways and like like begin to try and understand other people and you i think you can only do that through the individual interaction rather than through like either trying to mimic a cultural image or like um trying to reject it or or whatever it is it's more about just like finding individuals and finding like the the people and the things that you can learn from and relate to yeah well that went in a different direction (laughs) (laughs) any any thoughts (laughs) thoughts um no i hate relating to people um i don't like to have anything in common with anyone so um i guess that's a gap in experience that we have (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no i mean yeah i think that um it's i mean i think that's like one of the things that makes someone like taryn more suited for something like the taryn show where like you can find something to relate to in everyone where i tend to be more protective of the people that i um like have these sorts of more intimate conversations with um i don't really like I think that there are people who are like, oh, I hate small talks. I want small talk. I want to have deep talks with everyone and like find what we have in common. That's like not really my thing. I find it kind of uncomfortable to have like really deep conversations with people that I don't really know or like very much. Um, so I think it's good that we have people who are more equipped to to bridge those gaps. But I also think that it's valuable to be more guarded in who um, you have those types of conversations with and um, sort of stick to your people if it's if it's a subject that um, you're not necessarily as comfortable with 
I oh yeah, I, I mean, I think I think for me, it's like what makes me feel comfortable is the discussion. Like I start to feel uncomfortable if I feel insulated, and I feel like any time in my life that I feel like you know what I've I've done it, I've like uh, I've figured it out, and then I kind of stop. Then like it's fine for a while, and then I feel like whoa, wait a minute, this isn't working. So I f- I just feel like what works for me is to constantly be questioning and analyzing, and like that's in many ways that's where I find my happiness is in the pursuit of it. But then do you get bored with people? Because like, if you feel like you've really figured them out and know them really well, do you get bored then? Um, Cause I feel like I, that's I a scary prospect. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wouldn't say I get bored with people. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a thing where when I first meet somebody, I enjoy figuring them out. And then like, it's, it's sort of like what I was talking about with video games and movies and stuff where it's like, this is a different kind of enjoyment where like, there's the initial enjoyment of like figuring someone out, learning who they are, like what makes them tick. And then once I get past that, there's a different kind of enjoyment of now knowing who they are and them knowing who, who I am. And like that relationship, I appreciate in a different way in, in some respects. Hmm. I just wonder sometimes like, um, if something like that means that people have to be like super dynamic to hold your interest, which I think is true for anyone. Like obviously people get bored with other people if they're super boring, but yeah. Well, hopefully you don't get bored of this podcast. Um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm doing, I'm spicing things up right now with this podcast. This is a, this is something new. Uh, you haven't figured me out just yet. Uh, you haven't figured out the Taryn show. Uh, we're, we did, we did something a little different, uh, holiday themed. Uh, we, <laughs> I don't know. We, we got, we got, we went all over the map. Uh, I, am sure there's a lot of like, um, more experienced and mature people that are like, why are you talking about having children when you don't have kids? Um, <laughs> did we talk about that? Uh, we talked about like raising children with Santa and stuff. Um, <laughs> raising children with Santa, the like Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah, Santa has joint custody and it is, it's very difficult, but we make it work somehow. You have two Christmases, but one of yeah. your dads is Santa. So it's like not that bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, it's, it was just, uh, it's what the Terran show is all about. It's just talking. It's just people talking. So even if you, I I think the, the entire podcasting medium is people talking, but hopefully our, our talking is better than all those other people's talkings. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. We will be back to the normal, uh, Terran show next week, uh, with a, an interview and a guest and, uh, everything. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I thought of this again, like this podcast is really just sort of, um, me exploring things and experimenting with things and doing things that I want to do. And then hopefully, uh, other people find that interesting and, and worth listening to as well. So, um, let me know what you think. Uh, find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren. Um, send, send your feedback. You can also find Lita at Lita tweeted and Dom at Dom HRV. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find the podcast on robhaswebsite.com. You can subscri- subscribe on iTunes, uh, The Terran Show. You can find Lita on Instagram at Lita Grammed. Um, you can find the Dom and Colin podcast at uh, domandcolin.com. Basically what you think it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just and, typed and, in domandcolin.com. And buy your razors from Harry's, people. <laughs> of course. You, you got to shave your face. Look, you can, I understand the, the desire to be like, oh, 
like I I want to be philosophical and talk about holidays and stuff. And in order to do that, I need to have a beard. But in order to have a good beard, you need to have Harry's to make sure you're shaving right. All beards are um, good. That's not true. Um, I was going to say something nice, but now we're talking about the war on beards again. So now I don't really feel like it. Um, but I was just going to say, uh, well, thank you so much. This was actually really fun. Um, I really like talking to both of you. Um, and also just congratulations on the Taryn show. I forgot to say it um, on my Taryn show, but I really wanted to say that I really like that this is a thing on RHAP and I think you're really good at it and you've done so much for my career this year. So thank you so much for having me and congratulations on everything you're doing. Now I can be mean to you all of 2018 and point to this and be like, I said something nice on the Taryn show about Taryn. Hear that everyone? She just admitted that she's mean to me. <laughs> but I congratulated you on all of your well-deserved Checkmate. success. Checkmate. <laughs> well, yeah, Lisa, I hope that when you're world famous, you remember where it all started. You, you remember the little guy. Uh, but yeah, Taryn, I, I'm glad that the show has survived my appearance on it. I think it's great work that you're doing. So uh, keep it up. I, I thought I was coming on here as like the contrarian voice that, of course, the two of you are going to love Christmas and I'm going to be the, the Grinch here in the corner. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we've got to have both sides e- evenly represented. But it turns out we all hate Christmas. So it, it's, it worked <laughs> out perfectly. Um, but yeah, thank you again for having me on. Uh, it's always fun to talk to both of you. And uh, here's to something like this again in the future, hopefully. Yes. Uh, again, like, let, let me know if, if you enjoyed this. Like, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll do more of this style of thing in the future. Um, inst- it was really like, instead of interviewing a person, we interviewed a, a topic. And the topic was holidays. And I feel like we properly beat it to a pulp. <laughs> so um, and thank you, everyone who listened and who continues to listen. And... Happy holidays to you all. I'll see you next time. Merry Schmishmish. <laughs> Terrence asking questions. Terrence finding out. Terrence looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Terrence Show. So you know.